an excellent morning around the world, um, friends uh, from different parts of the world who have started to um, chime in and utilize these um, teachings. I'm very grateful and excited that you have chosen to um, take in this information uh, to help to liberate uh, more peace, more joy, and more abundance. Um, my name is Dr. Harry Benjamin, transformational teacher and speaker, and a life coach, um, businessman, <laughs> entrepreneur, a few hats, you know, a dad, uh, a husband, playing different roles in this earth. I'm very grateful and excited to share with you some tips and some pointers on how we can actually have more prosperity on a permanent level. Uh, the next four talks, we're going to focus on the four laws of permanent prosperity. How is it that we can be permanently prospered? And, you know, the this is something I discovered when I uh, was in my own process of journeying uh, through, you know, growing up and becoming more aware, spiritually becoming more mature. Uh, when I, so when I say growing up, um, not talking about the physical body, I'm speaking more about growing up spiritually and becoming more mature. So, uh, you know, in the process of doing it, I'd encountered uh, a lady by the name of Edwene, E-D-W-E-N-E, -E, and her last name is Gaines, G-A-I-N-E-S. I believe the first time I saw her speak was at a GAP International at, a, at one of the um, services, and then after that I went to look her up. And um, I've followed a number of her teachings, uh, not been to any physical workshop, but certainly took in her teachings. And also I'd read the author, which was her mentor, spiritually speaking, that she had learned the four laws from. And his name is Charles Fillmore. That's Charles Fillmore, F-I-L-M-O-R-E, the founder of Unity Church. Um, you know, so I, I learned the four permanent laws of prosperity through... Um, the teachings of Charles Fillmore, but also Edwin Gaines, and also what I've learned over the years from Agape International. So what I'm sharing with you is something that I absolutely believe in, and uh, I practice. Uh, I practice it consistently, and I'm refining it. I'm becoming better at it, and I'm encouraging you to you know, take some notes here, get an understanding of these four laws, and not just understand them theoretically, but also put them into practice in your own life so that you can actually start to move in the direction of um, becoming permanently prosperous. You know, and I'm seeing um, my life, you know, taking off in many ways. Uh, even the different sources of income that I'm now able to earn have increased. Uh, also, I am, you know, in the process of releasing two books. You know, and those are things that I, when, when I was just getting started in this um, study of spirituality and learning more about my own true nature and understanding God and all of those things, you know, these are things that I didn't have on the, in the scope, but they have birthed themselves through me, you know, in different ways of being and different businesses now that are starting to become a part of what I'm doing and benefits that I'm receiving from what I'm doing. So I, I know that there's a lot ahead for you uh, after you start to put these four laws into practice, right? Four laws into practice. So the first law you know, our permanent prosperity is tithing. So I'm going to cover that law today, and then I'll cover the other three laws in the next um, three talks that we do, all right? So the first law is tithing. Now, this one is, you know, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> I, 
and I'm not, you know, I'm a spiritual teacher, a transformational teacher. So I'm teaching principles as opposed to, uh, you know, getting into the idea of running a ministry that usually collects um, tithe. So I'm not speaking to you to collect tithe from you. Well, I'm speaking to you from the standpoint of understanding that there is a law that surrounds this actual area of our lives. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes difficult to appreciate the importance of it because I struggled with the concept of tithing for several years. Uh, I had not t- done the tithing for many years. You know, I, I was one who resisted it. I, you know, my wife tried to encourage me, Carolyn tried to encourage me. Um, many times over to do tithing, I resisted the idea for years, and I thought that, you know, why would I give money to a, an organization that's going to do some stupid things with it? And uh, so I didn't understand what the purpose of it was, and I thought that the money was for the organization I was giving it to, and I didn't understand what my role was in it and how I benefited from it as well. Now. One of the things I want to bring to our attention is that there's something called the law of circulation. And, you know, it's, it's a law. You know, we are here in the Sanskrit, right, in the Sanskrit, um, Sanskrit teachings from India. It says that the human being is a dispenser of gifts. So the human being is a dispenser of gifts. So we are really a divine distribution center of goodness, that's what we are in truth. We are divine distribution centers of goodness of God. So what happens now is that we are to circulate that good. We are to circulate the good that's already been gifted to us. We come to this earth loaded and packed with gifts and talents. So we have these gifts and talents that are coded and loaded into our being. And we are here to dispense them, circulate them for the benefit of humanity. But, you know, in the course of us growing up and becoming more aware of ourselves, we got lost along the way. And in the process of getting lost along the way, uh, tithing was one of the things that, one of the principles that was uncovered in the process of us waking up, so to speak. And this was uncovered by a group of people that are known as the Israelites, right? You know, it's covered in this book called Genesis. I was spoken about, about bringing the tithing to the storehouse. And prove me, in fact, it's quite interesting, you know, in the, in the Bible, that the only place in the Bible that it says prove me, meaning that it's a test, right? Try me out, you know, I, I'll bet you, if you do this, this will happen. You know, and I remember when Edwin Gaines was sharing that she was wrestling with it, and, you know, she said, God, this is your last chance, you know, I'm going to do this for three months, and if, <laughs> if I don't see anything happen, man, then, you know, I'm going to stop, <laughs> And then, you know, in my own experience too, you know, I, I realized after a while, but I, I'm a principle law mind type of person. Once I get the law or the principle behind something, then I'll do it because I understand that it's a law like gravity. You know, gravity is a law. If you jump off the top of a 10-story building, gravity will work. You know, you can be certain that it will work. You don't have to wonder if it will work. It will take you to the ground in a hurry. So it's important to understand that when something is a law, then it's, it's a good idea to follow it because it works whether you know it's, it's working or not. So once I understood the principle behind it, that gave me the encouragement to press into it and know I tithe 
consistently and tithing should become at one point at some point it should come to your to where you're not wrestling with it anymore you do it as a matter of habit so anytime you, you get funds the first thing you think about doing is tithing uh, as a way to circulate what came to you but also the most important reason for tithing is is this you know yes they you know the group of people known as the Israelites discovered that whenever they gave um, 10 percent of their their harvest back right whenever they gave 10 percent of their harvest back they started realizing that the following year their fruits increased and the quality increased so they started to do it as a as a matter of practice and realized that there was a law to it anytime they did the t did the, the the tithing they increased now if you look at the jews which came from the israelites uh, as a race they're the single wealthiest race on this planet uh, they have practiced that law consistently over time. Uh, they have certain periods in the year where they even do um, certain giftings. You know, they do as a way of trying to match the changing seasons and so forth. And um, you know, I know several of my friends who are Jewish who are extremely wealthy. You know, um, they are a very wealthy community. Not that there are not people in their community who are not as wealthy as you know as some of them are, or some of them are even poor. But majority of them are very, very wealthy, and they pass this on to their children. Some of their children have are taught to develop foundations as early as eight and nine years of age, and they start to have foundations as to how they're going to make a difference in the world and how they're going to be of a, of a benefit to others. So they have some very good practices in that particular um, group of people, the Jews, and tithing is a bedrock piece of how they operate. It's not something that's even uh, contemplated if they should or shouldn't. It's just an automatic thing that they do. And then us, what I realized is that we didn't, we weren't brought up with these principles in an automatic way. You know, tithing is not something I was taught to do when I was young. I was just taught to give offering, and what we tended to give as offering was what was left over. And if you have any change in your pocket then you'd put it in the offering plate <laughs> or, you know, so you give the crushed up notes, you know, because we give it with a sense of resentment. And I'm not saying that everybody who's listening to me did that, but that was certainly how I operated when I was young. And, um, and even when I grew up and become, became an adult, I was tending to give what, what I felt was left over, you know, and I'd give that in, if I was in a church environment or anywhere of that nature. So let's, let's dive into this idea of tithing. Well, firstly, you know, our teaching says that we should give, bring into the storehouse, or bring into the storehouse your tithe, right, so that my, my house will never, never run out. You know, the teaching speaks to that. Now, where's a, what's a storehouse? Well, a storehouse, firstly, is where you get fed, right? So you're going to the storehouse to get fed. So wherever you're being fed spiritually is the storehouse, and that's where this tithe should go to. Now, wherever you're being fed, meaning that, you know, it may be a, a, a church, it may be a person, it may be a group, you know, um, wherever you know within your own heart, this is where you're being fed from, then that is where you need to send your tithe to. You know, some institutions may not even have um, an organi organized way for accepting tithe. So you may just do it as a donation to them, but you know that you are tithing to recognize that your, your understanding, your spiritual food, your growth 
came from the teachings that you were hearing from this particular individual. Now, historically, 10% has been the measure that has proven itself to be effective. I, as a person, uh, because I hadn't been tithing for years, I decided I'd put mine at 15 <laughs> to, to catch up on my, my, hist my history. <laughs> right? I'm not suggesting that you have to do that, but that's what I do. All right? So every time I get money, I tithe 15% of my income, and that goes back um, to where I get fed from. And I get fed from Agape, and that's where I tithe to. And I also get fed from this other um, place called ACIM, A Course in Miracles Foundation. Uh, also tithe to them as well. So those are my two main places that I tithe to. But then you will know where you're getting fed from, you know, where it is that you are getting your food from spiritually, and then you tithe there. Now, why do you tithe? Because it's more important to understand why, in my opinion, we tithe rather than just under, rather than just tithing because someone said so, right? Because when you understand why something um, happens or you know how something works, then you're more encouraged to do so. It's like there's this uh, understanding vitamin C, right? You know, if you're told to take vitamin C um, and you don't know why you're taking it, then you may not take it. But when you know that vitamin C will build up your immune system and reduce you getting colds and you have information that proves this to you, then you're more encouraged to take the vitamin C because you know it's going to have a benefit to you. And that's how it is with understanding principles. That's why I go for trying to understand them. So what is it that the tithe does is understanding, it, it helps you to inform source that you know that all good things came from the source. Now, we, we mix up sources in the world. Uh, one of the things that we do with the source of money, I've, I've spoken to many people who will say, you know, so where do you get your money from? And let's say they get their money from their job, they get their money from a business, uh, they get money from being a, a merchant, or they get money because they're accountant. So people think that money comes from these sources, but they are really resources. They are not sources. They are not even the source. So all good things, we've heard it said in the scriptures that all good things come from the Father of lights. So all good things come from the Father of lights. So all good, meaning all good, not some good things, all good things. So what happens now is that when we see our money as it coming from a job or we think the money comes from the businesses that we do, what's, what we're confusing are resources with the source that it actually comes from. So the good doesn't come from the sky like manna or doesn't just suddenly appear in your bank account you know, or in your wallet. What it does is that it comes from a source, but it comes through a resource. So the source of all creation is where it's coming from, right? It's coming from our creator, but it comes through a resource. Now, when it comes to the resource and you get a paycheck from your company as your salary, or you get a income from the business that you're doing, or whatever business that you're doing. Now, when you get that money, it's really coming from the ultimate source through a resource. And when you tithe to the place that you got fed from, it completes the cycle or the circle of circulation. Because what it's now saying is that you are acknowledging that your source is the creator and not the job or the business or whatever it is that you think you're doing. Now, if you keep 
the level of understanding that the money comes from a job, a business, or something that you're doing in the world, then you are making you, your small self, that's listening to me using the, this instrument, the small sense of self, um, the identity that we may have as a, as a small being on this planet, we are on the earth, you know, we are, we are cut adrift. What happens is that if you believe now that the money came from your job or the money came from your business or the efforts that you put in, so the money you get is based on what you do, right? Then what you're saying is that you are your source. And by not tithing consistently, you're not acknowledging now that you have a higher source. And if you make you your source, it means that everything that you're doing and everything that's coming to you is going to be based on your efforts, which means you're not opening up yourself now to having a broader and a wider platform from which more good can come to you. So when you tithe, what you're essentially doing is opening up a window, right? You're opening up a window. The teaching says, you know, prove me now herewith. If you bring your tithe into the storehouse, that I will not open a window so wide, right? And pour out a blessing so big, you will not have room to receive it. So the principle here is that when you tithe consistently and you're doing it regularly, what happens is now that you're opening up the avenue for more good to come to you. And tithing, what it does is that it actually literally now makes room for the creator, the higher power, right? You know, God <clears throat> to start to play, for lack of a better way of saying it, a more active role in your life. And what the tithing does is to honor. It's an honor of where your good comes from. And not that the money is for the institution. The institution uses it to do what they need to do to continue to teach or continue to provide certain services in the world. But really, what you are, the reason why you are doing it is to honor the source of all good. Knowing that all good things come from the Father of Lights. You know, and it's difficult to really, you know, Father of Lights meaning all of us, right? You know, you are a child of light. I am a child of light. All of us are children of light. You know, and ultimately there's the great light of this universe that, you know, imbues everything that we see because everything, quantum physics is now telling us that everything that we see is light, right? Everything that we see are particles of light that are vibrating at different speeds and they manifest themselves in different formations. But underneath every physical formation that we see is actually particles of light called quanta, right? And the quanta are, are the individual particles of light that are actually lined up together and they vibrate at different speeds. And the speeds of their vibration or the frequency of their vibration determines the physical manifestation. So there are infinite levels of that vibration and you can actually have myriad, so many different forms, physical forms appearing. So everything is light and everything that we have comes from the father of all lights. So the creator of light, which is the light itself that's inside of everything that we see, the light that's in that responds to the creator as it responds to us. So by us now honoring where everything comes from and completing that circulation by giving as we are receiving, giving as we are receiving, and then we're giving 10% back to where we can't give it to the creator, but we can give it to where we're fed from. 
because the information that comes through spiritual organizations, that comes through um, spiritual teachers, that comes through different people, that comes from a source, a higher source. And the inspiration that's provided for people to be able to teach, when we give back to those people or places, we're honoring where that information came from and completing that cycle. And by completing that cycle, then more good starts to come, more flourishing starts to happen. You know, and I've seen it myself. You know, I've also seen when uh, I had this experience where I was tithing up first and then I actually broke it, you know, um, went back into the habit of not doing it regularly and I saw a regression in my income. And when I got back on track and started tithing again, then things got back on track, right? So the law is in our hands. It's not a law that's capricious. It's not something that changes. It's one way this year. It's another way next year. It's consistent. And because it's a law or a principle, it's something that we can rely on. You know, sometimes we confuse laws with rules. You know, laws are not changeable, but rules are. And what helps us to drop into some level of confusion about laws you know, thinking that there's something that can be changed is because human beings call some things laws, right? That they're, you know, human beings come up with what they call laws. But these aren't laws, in my opinion, they are rules. Because a law is not something that changes. A law is permanent. A law is like gravity. It never changes, right? It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it always be what it is. Now, rules, on the other hand, are something that you and I, our human beings, come to an agreement about. For example, we may say it's unlawful to go to drive over 30 miles per hour. But, you know, everybody knows that you could drive above 30 miles per hour. And if you don't get caught, then even though you had broken the law, so to speak, you didn't get caught. So there was no consequence. But that's, to me, a rule that we have. So we could say it's a rule as opposed to a law. Because you cannot break the law of gravity. There's nothing you can do to break it. Now, you can actually understand the law and learn how to overcome the, the law, but not break it. You cannot break the law. The law of aerodynamics, you cannot break the law. The law of buoyancy that allows ships to float. You have to come into alignment with the law and use the law the way it works for you to benefit from the law. By understanding the law of buoyancy, you can actually have something float. If you don't understand the law of buoyancy, then you will sink. So, and it doesn't matter whether you're good, you're bad, it doesn't matter how hard you pray, right? You will sink to the bottom of the ocean if you do not understand the law of buoyancy. So rules are man-made. You know, there are these man-made laws that we call laws, but they're really rules because they're malleable, they change, people can break them. So there are really rules that we have. But laws, on the other hand, are immutable. They are unchangeable. There's nothing you and I can do to affect them. But we can learn them, we can apply them, and in the application of them, we can benefit from them. And so it is with the law of tithing. Here is a law that if you learn how to um, practice now, start to tithe automatically. So there's a habitual automatic process which means that you have this innate feeling that your source supplies you what you have. So when something comes in your hand, the first thing you think about doing is, is tithing. And you do it and then until it becomes subconscious to where now you're doing it automatically and you're not doing it because you feel forced to. 
You're not doing it because you're trying to get something back from God. But you're doing it because you recognize the law. You've understood the law. And you've now allowed the law to become a part of your subconscious. And the natural nature of your needs being met starts to flow. And then you start to flourish, right? Then you start to flourish. It starts to expand. Your life starts to become more. You find that, you know, you're doing something. And before you even ask, right, before you even ask, it shows up for you, right? Meaning that, you know, you're planning to do something. You're going to need this. And then before you even say, man, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need that. It shows up for you. You know, I've seen it happen to me over and over again. You know, I've gotten to a place of deep trust. And I know that all of my needs are being met continuously you know i i'm literally walking gradually into that consciousness and i wouldn't say that i'm fully there yet but i'm certainly moving in that direction where i feel like the lilies of the field that spin and toil not you know i feel like the birds you know that gather not in barns right but their needs are always being met so my needs are always being met you know i noticed that you know before i need something it's showing up you know i'm not out of money you know money's always flowing into my life right so it's important to understand this so that you can actually live from that space you know where eventually you become so prosperous that you need not worry about money ever again right you know you walk in the world and you can say i can afford anything i desire and you're so prosperous and you have no worry about money so prosperity you know is in different ways you know of course there's the health aspect of prosperity you know, physically speaking. So, you know, the idea of prosperity that we're going to talk about is to have a healthy body that you can actually use it to fulfill your purpose. You have nurturing and healthy relationships, you know, and you have more money than you could ever spend and you're living a life of purpose, meaning that you love what you do and you do what you love and you could even do it without getting paid because you're so passionate about it. You know, so that allows you to, to literally be walking in what you could call your calling. So my friends... You know, that's the first topic of this discussion. You know, the four permanent laws of prosperity. We're going to define it more. You know, I just helped or tried to help us to define what prosperity is. Right? Prosperity as a consciousness. Right? Being permanently prosperous. Prosperity, what we're looking at it from is to have a healthy body. Right? A body that allows you to fulfill your mission here on this earth and carry out your purpose. You know, to have nurturing and healthy relationships that work all the time, to have more money than you could spend, and to live the life of your dreams. To do what you love and to love what you do. It begins with tithing. All right? So hopefully this discussion has helped you out there, you know, to understand that it's something that you need to start to practice. Put it into practice. Give it a try for six months, three months. You know, and see what happens. You know, do it with, without a sense of obligation. Do it with a sense of, okay, I'm doing this with some sense of joy and gratitude and thankfulness. Um, knowing that God is my supply. God is my source. You know, everything good that I have comes from the Father of all lights. All right, my friends. So next week, we're going to get into law number two. Uh, the law number, the second law is a, is a heavy topic. It's forgiveness. And um, I'm going to get into that second law, you know, to help us to actually, I'm going to go into some forgiveness practices and some things that we'll do, you know, to help to really get that second law moving in our lives. 
and then we'll touch on the third and the fourth in the last two talks, man. So it's my gratitude is just overflowing, and I'm thanking you so much for listening to these podcasts. You guys are amazing. You are fantastic. You're magnificent. You're beautiful. You're filled to overflowing with the goodness of God. There's peace, love, joy, abundance, prosperity, wholeness, genius, creativity, innovativeness. It's all in you, and now you are ready to set it free so that you can flourish and change and make this world a better place. So everywhere that you go, you make the environment better. You change it because you showed up and releasing your gifts because you are the dispenser of good. A human being, a dispenser of good. All right, God bless each and every one of you. We'll see you at the top of life. You deserve to be there. Bye for now.